I feel like I'm back in my uh, high school days because I'm able to go twice within a couple of days of each other. We're doing episode 22, dropping a double deuce on all our fans with a super secret uh, spur of the moment. Ed told me five minutes before we decided to do it. Episode of Development Hell. Uh, And we have a very super secret special guest. Say hello to everybody, secret guest. Hello. It's Liz Naramore. Yay. Hey. Nice. Yeah, so Elizabeth Naramore, um, iconess of the community, unlike Kelly Evans, who is the icon, uh, is joining us tonight for a, a hastily organized episode of Dev Hell. But before we get into all this stuff, uh, let's thank our awesome sponsor, who Liz works for, Engine Yard, trailblazers Ooh. and pioneers of platform as a service. Uh, got their start with Ruby, but they also recently bought some of our awesome uh, Irish friends, along with one person from Iceland and a whole bunch of people who work in the U.S. now, uh, Orchestra.io. So if you're interested in uh, running your PHP applications in a nice little scalable sandbox, please check out Orchestra.io and tell them that DevHell sent you. And, and Node, right? Do oh, yes, and they're currently they're doing stuff and they're offering stuff for Node now. Yep. That's pretty exciting. Hey, Maybe. I'm watching I'm watching uh, Supernatural, and uh, I think is it is is Sam? Yes, Sam's the cry one. He's got weird teeth, like he's a demon or something. <laughs> I don't even have a clue what you're talking about. Do you have to disrespect us so badly while we're, while we're recording <laughs> that you're watching I, TV? Yeah, I probably shouldn't turn on something I actually find mildly interesting. Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. Yeah, we should. Oh, he just cut his head off. That's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was really cool that Liz would join us, and because uh, in some sense she paid to be on. And then in, <laughs> um, but we also had some cool stuff to talk about um, because, uh, like last week, we talked about True North PHP, which is this uh, conference in Toronto, this PHP conference. That oh yes, Chris I wanted to just I just want to throw out a challenge to everybody about True North PHP. If we hit a hundred ticket sales. Um, which we should be able to do, but if we get it to 100, I'm going to wear a clown wig when I do the closing keynote. That is fabulous. So that is come fantastic. On. Pay up, Great. people. You know you want to come. If you're in and around Toronto, it's cheap. It's $200 for two days of a super awesome lineup of PHP speakers. Now let's talk about a better conference, and that conference is uh, this Code Connects conference, two X's, for an extra X for something. I don't know what. Extra goodness. X, yeah, it's like extra anything you want it to be. That's it. And um, it's in Indianapolis. And I have to make sure I get the right... Tell, why don't you tell us about it, not me? Okay, so uh, Code Connects is, like you said, in Indianapolis. It's in November, November 8th and 9th. And mm-hmm. it is um, a two-day conference. And the first day is all technical talks. Some PHP centric, some um, a little more generic, and then the second day is um, dedicated to more life skills stuff. So it's like mentoring and um, working on teams together and things like that. So it kind of takes both of those concepts and puts them together in one place. Right. And if I read, if I remember correctly, that are the tickets still. They're a hundred dollars. They are. Um, we we did end up uh, splitting them. So if you wanted to just come for one of the two days, you can totally do that. And the tickets mm-hmm. would be forty nine dollars if you do that. Right now, I actually it, I'm excited because I'm actually going to speak there. Woo-hoo! Yes, which Yay! is super exciting. Everybody, of course, is very excited. Whatever. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm and, excited. Uh, yeah. uh, and then also. Um, it's nearby. I only live an hour away from Indianapolis, and I know downtown Indy is actually a pretty cool, uh, cool place. And uh, it's pretty easy to get around. It's not like super huge, and it's easy to walk around and get to different stuff. And that, it's like right in downtown, so you can walk around and, and do a bunch of things. It's right where like they had the Super Bowl last year, right? Uh, it's, yeah, I think it's out a little from that, but yeah. I mean, it's not terribly far from there. Right. I drove, I drove past downtown Indianapolis once. See, there you go. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, and, and, and it's I, in yeah. a uh, it's in a really cool venue. We found this um, theater that has been renovated. It was like from the 1920s, and they renovated it and they rented out. So it's it's very very different and very cool. And it's got um, duck pin bowling in there and a couple bars inside the venue and stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's just different. What's duck pin bowling? 
Duckpin bowling is like regular bowling, except for the pins are shorter and the ball is much smaller. It fits in like your hand. Oh, is it like a place where you could like, they could put like a duck pin bowling alley inside of a bar? Yeah. Yeah. They, they have a dedicated, a couple of dedicated spaces for the duck pin bowling. Cause I have so, seen yeah. like, I know in Toronto, I went to a, a, a bar once that had uh, some arcade machines and had a little teeny tiny uh, bowling alley thing in it. So I was wondering if that maybe that was duck pin bowling. I don't even remember what. Yeah, it might be. Was. It might be. Well, that was fascinating. Now, <laughs> you're such an ass, Ed. I am. I was so much bolder when we have a guest. I know, right? I get real punchy. So, Liz, why don't you tell us a little bit about, like, where, uh, like, well, who all is involved in organizing? This, first off, I guess. so, um, so it's it's hosted by PHP Women, um, but it's not just for women because that's like the first question that we always get. Um, it's not just for women; it's for everybody. We just want everybody to come and hang out and. Um, just have a good time and talk about things that we don't normally talk about at conferences, you know, like the, especially on the soft skills day. Cause I think those kinds of talks don't get quite as much attention as some of the, uh, as the technical topics, obviously. And that's unfortunate because those are still important skills that we need to learn and to, to talk about. So, um, we, that's why we just gave it a whole day. Cause we think it's really important to be a well-rounded and a better, um, a better developer, a better person, a uh, better employee, a better manager, you know, whatever is your role. Uh, th- those are the kinds of things that make you better. So, so can I just, can I just uh, interrupt for a second? Cause I actually please do so you, you mentioned about the PHP women thing. So now that we have the schedule for true North PHP up, we've taken a bunch of shit on Twitter from people about there being no women speakers. Um, it's for, all a bunch of white guys for our conference that it's all a bunch of uh, white Canadian guys um, who are giving talks. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, the only response we can give is, uh, we didn't have any women submit proposals to speak at all. So, um, I don't know, Liz, how do you feel about like trying to think of the proper way to approach this? Should we be taking shit because we don't have any female speakers at the present moment? So I don't think it's your fault. Um, obviously, if you don't get any, you can't accept any. Uh, I will say that there have been conference organizers that made um, made a huge effort to encourage women to to submit and to be a part of it. Uh, but I'm not blaming you guys at all, at all. Uh, I, I'm just thinking in 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 terms of um, so Jan Lenhart. Uh, I don't know if you guys know him. Oh, or I know not, Jan. Yep. Yeah, so I think they were doing uh, JSConf EU, which actually yes. may be going on right now. And I, uh, I believe that they reached out to quite a few women specifically to request that they submit something. And like, if the person said, oh, I can't because of this, that, or the other reason, they tried to work with them on maybe what the reasons were. So if they had a schedule conflict, okay, that's fine. But if there were other reasons like, oh, I can't afford it or whatever, um, they tried to really work with those women to make sure that they at least felt like they had uh, an opportunity there waiting for them. Yeah, because um, I, um, I kind of feel like, I mean, this conference did come, I mean, True North came together really quick. Um, and so I, I do think going forward, I would, you know, if we do this thing next year, because, you know, you never know, it could be a one-time thing. But, I mean, I'd be really interested in, in, in hearing some thoughts on, on how you think we can make this. I mean, it, it just sounds so douchey to talk about, oh, we got to get more women, because then it sounds like, you're more interested in having token female speakers at your conference as opposed to trying to be totally, I mean, part, part of me says that you want to be um, gender blind when you're picking talks. But the reality I think is that if women are going to feel uncomfortable going to a conference, then um, you're cutting yourself out of a, uh, what could be a potential uh, very interesting demographic to come to your conference and make it, and just make it feel like it's not just a sausage party. Yeah. I, uh, you know, you were talking about uh, Jan's uh, stuff at the, the JSConf Europe, and and Liz, if I remember correctly, and it, he said that he they really, really actively solicited a lot of women to submit, but I believe that when they reviewed the submissions, they anonymized it entirely. That that was my understanding too that they took the names off. Um, but yeah, it was that it was that like kind of pre-submission process where they really uh, fostered a lot of participation and really tried to get a lot of women involved. And uh, so I think that was that was interesting to me in that it seems like they got significantly better results than 
you would normally see, but it was necessary for them to actively solicit people to submit. Now, they didn't guarantee them a, a, a talk. And that sometimes that's valid, sometimes it's not. I don't, you know, but uh, right. in a in an open call for proposals uh, or call for papers or whatever this, the P is, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, that uh, you know, you you want it to, you want the the uh, the things that get submitted, you want them to get picked based on merit. I think. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, so, because you know, and yeah. you know, as as a female, if someone if there was even an inkling that I got a talk at a, at a conference because I have boobs, like that just totally takes away all, all validity of me being there. Right. So I, I would, I I think that's a great idea that they anonymized because then there is no chance of that. Yeah. And, uh, I think they, he said maybe, what did they end up with like 20% women speakers? Yeah. It was a pretty good percentage. Yeah. I agree. That's pretty good. It's just, you know, I just kind of, I kind of feel like maybe uh, in our case, due to time constraints and just outright ignorance, we may have dropped the ball a little bit. Well, you know, and we could also put some of that onus on ourselves. Like I certainly knew about True North and I really didn't do a very good job of promoting it within the PHP Women organization either. So, I mean, it has to be kind of more of a partnership, I think. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, I without drifting too far off, I want to get back to Code Connect. I think that uh, it seems like Without you, that unless you tell me, Liz, my, but my impression has been that, um, that unless, uh, that, that, that women have a tendency in our, in our open tech and culture communities to sort of assume that they're either one, not good enough to give a presentation or to get selected, or two, I, maybe they're, they're kind of intimidated because the, it, you know the all the the most of the vast majority of the examples of a sort of leadership they see are not similar to them. It's all tends to be white dudes, right? <laughs> and yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I'm speaking from a I I I have as much sympathy as I can. I'm not sure I have exactly empathy because I don't know that I completely understand what that is because I'm relatively privileged in that respect, right? That's right. I am very. <laughs> but, but I, you know, that there's a tendency for, you know, a, a, a little examples I've seen that there's a tendency that, that women feel intimidated, um, just naturally sort of as a cultural thing. So their tendency is not to put themselves out there for additional judgment and, or, you know, rejection and things like that. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to make a, a tremendous stereotype right now. So okay. all the hate can come to me because I'm the one making it. Um, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I, I will say though, I think that guys are much quicker to, um, to, to kind of, uh, pretend if they don't know something to just pretend that they do anyway. And to, to just put out that air of confidence, like, yeah, I'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. Whereas women feel like, and this again, is huge stereotype, but I think a lot of women might feel if I don't know everything about that topic, I'm not going up there because I don't want to look like an asshole. You know, I don't want to look like a dumb shit. So, uh, they are much quicker to, to, um, I don't know what the right word is, but do, do you not understand what I'm saying? Like they're much more self-conscious about that. The fact that they don't have all the answers and they feel like they're going to be put on the spot. Whereas a guy, guys seem to be much more, uh, quick to just be like, Oh yeah, this is how you do it. And just sound like they know what they're talking about. Even if they don't. Yeah. I, I think I'm a little bit more like that than the average bear in that I tend to worry more about, you know, well, if you're familiar with that, that term imposter syndrome, exactly. I think think a lot of women uh, in tech will be very familiar with it. It's that tendency to kind of feel like I don't really know what I'm talking about and I'm going to get discovered as, and and sort of revealed as a fraud, basically that I really don't don't know what I'm talking about. And it, that's kind of a, a, I know I kind of have that and I, that can be a tough thing for me to overcome. And it, I sort of had to get comfortable with the notion that, no, I can get up there and talk about stuff and it's okay. And I know how to handle it. Even if it, if some, I've been in talks and it's been in the middle and I realized I didn't know why it worked in a particular way. And I, that was that's not a comfortable feeling. Right. But exactly. I, I eventually learned that, no, I can kind of deal with this, but there's definitely a thing where you, you're like, well, why, how could I be considered, 
quote unquote, an expert. It, I mean, I don't really know all that much. And there's so many people who know more than I do. And why am I, why should I, you know, why I, I shouldn't even bother submitting. I mean, you know, and so I have a, like a little tiny bit of that, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think that there's more of a cultural thing with women to just sort of naturally feel that way. And I, 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 I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough about it to understand exactly why, but there, there really does seem to be that. So there's, there has to be this really, you know, sort of overcome that you have to, like, if you're doing a conference or you're doing this or that, you have to do stuff sort of extra to overcome that. It seems like. Yeah. And, and I think maybe that's the difference that Jan made when he, you know, he reached out to people that he knew were very good at what they did. Whether or not they knew it is another story, but, you know, just trying to give them a little bit of confidence, like you can do this. It's, it's not a big deal. You can totally do it. And uh, helping them through the, the proposal process, even, I think he even worked with them to come up with ideas, to write their, their uh, abstracts, things like that. So, um, you know, I think uh, it was a very proactive role for sure. And I know it wasn't just him. It was his whole team from what I understand. So it's pretty awesome. But, um, you know, and that's, that's the other thing we, maybe we need a little bit more mentorship on like, how do you give a talk? Well, where do you come up with your ideas? How do you put an abstract together? You know, those kinds of things, not just for women though. I think maybe in general, I think that would be really helpful. All right. Back to code connects. All right. (laughs) Okay. But to bring it back there, I'd be, I'm interested to hear like, what was your guys's um, inspiration? You know, what sort of got you thinking about doing this conference? So, I mean, you know how awesome it is to be at a conference um, and, and those connections that you make with people. And uh, that was something that we had kind of wanted to do for a really long time, uh, just with the PHP Women organization, because we never get to see each other, right? It's very rare that we are all in the same place at the same time. We're spread out throughout the globe. We have people in Australia and Europe and everywhere. So um, to get us all together would be pretty awesome, we thought, which unfortunately is not going to happen at this conference. But, uh, you know, maybe next time we'll see. Um, but so that was, that was kind of, you know, underlying for a long time that we wanted to get everybody together in, uh, in just kind of a, a, not, not even like a chick centric thing, but just, uh, a conference that we, we felt comfortable at and we could all get together. So, um, that was kind of one reason. And then we also really liked this idea of the, the soft skills and the, I hate using that word cause they're not soft at all. They're really actually very difficult. Um, but you know, those, those kinds of talks that are very important that never get in as much attention as the others. Um, so that was a, another thing. And then um, something else that we thought was kind of a cool idea was to add childcare. So for Connects, CoConnects, um, we are offering free childcare for the attendees. So we have a separate section for the kids and you can bring your kids and they're going to be well taken care of. It's right on site, right at the venue. Um, and Mozilla actually sponsored that. So it's completely free for the attendees. Because I hear this at conferences or, or, you know, at people talking about conferences, they'll say, Oh, I got the kids. I can't come or, you know, and it comes from men and women both. So it wasn't just a, a female mom thing. Um, it was from men and women both. I hear that. So that was a big thing for us. We, we thought that was kind of a cool idea to do. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember you went, did you go to a, a, uh, a conference that was it that one that was in, was it in Kalamazoo? That was sort of more of a, Yes. Was it that was sort of a soft skills conference? Yes, it is. It is absolutely the most inspirational and awesome conference I've ever been to. It was fantastic. Kalamazoo X is the name of it. And I think the next one's coming up in April. Right. It's a one day thing. Super cheap. Uh, It's it's held on campus up there. Um, Bell's Brewery is right there in Kalamazoo. You know, it's Mm. perfect. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, no, it's just it's a really interesting kind of inspirational talk uh, talks given about, you know, career choices and learning and, you know, just all kinds of different things. It was very cool. Very interesting. So uh, we've got, you know, you've got the first day and it's got, I, I would say not, I, not to uh, make it seem passe, but a lot of uh, sort of uh, common technical stuff you'll hear about, like, you know, talks about MySQL, talks about HTTP, mm-hmm. stuff, doing stuff with PHP, uh, uh, and, and other stuff like that. And then can you talk about like, like what are some of the things that we're going to be talking about that second day? Like that sort of, I'm interested to hear like, what should people expect that they're going to get out of those? Some of those, when we talk about soft skills, like what are, what are those things specifically that we're going to hear about? So, um, we are, we have talks on getting started in open source. 
And that's yeah. from Laura Thompson. She's super awesome. If you don't know her, if anyone's oh, yeah. listening and they don't know her, oh, then I know her. Yep. they need to know Laura because she's just <laughs> absolutely, she is absolutely one of the people that I respect the most in PHP. Like she is fantastic. I love her. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah. Mentoring developers is on there. Elizabeth Smith. Um, that was actually from Lone Star that I think the inspiration for that talk came. Um, I'm going to be talking about dealing with difficult people because I know a whole lot of them and they're assholes. So I'm going to talk about how to deal with that, you know, because that's a problem that we all have, right? Like we have shitty people we have to deal with in our lives and uh, not just at work, but all over the place. Um, what else is on there? Working together, Laura Beth uh, Danker from uh, Etsy. She's going to talk about how you, you know, it's difficult to work on teams sometimes. And you know, that's it kind of is similar uh, kind of concepts to the dealing with difficult people, but it's more in a team setting and how we can just get along and, and be more productive as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith's talking about shattering secrets with social media. So like how the startups do what they do. And, oh, yeah. um, Shiri Cabral from, I think she's also from Mozilla. She is going to be talking about managing geeks and kind of cat herding all of that. So any managers that are coming or, or people who are dealing with managers, um, are, would love to hear that talk. And then uh, this is a really interesting talk. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, Susan Bond is someone that is, um, she's not a developer, but she talks frequently at Ruby conferences. And I actually met her at Kalamazoo X last year. And she's, um, she lives in Denver. She frequently speaks at Mountain, uh, Rocky Mountain Ruby. And uh, her talk is on self-sourcing. So like how you use your own skills to be the best that you can, that kind of a talk. So she did an awesome talk in Kalamazoo about your intuition and it seems like something completely like non-developer-y, but it was right. very fascinating. And the developers were really interested in, you know, sometimes, you know, something's wrong, but you can't put your finger on it. Right. And and that's okay. Like we feel like we have to have, you know, all this logic and proof and, you know, things behind what the decisions we make, but sometimes we just don't have that, but it's okay. It's okay to use your intuition. So it was a really interesting talk. Hmm. She's, she's fantastic. I love her. Um, and then our, our keynote speaker is Jennifer Marsman. Do you guys know Jennifer? I don't think so. I don't know her. She is um, a Microsoft senior, I think she's senior developer evangelist. Uh, what's her title? I don't know. Principal developer evangelist. And Ooh. she is fantastic. She is such a great person. I met her at Code CodeMash a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just super, super smart, but very, very funny and really awesome. So I'm, I'm so excited. She's going to do her, her keynote's going to be the secrets to her success in the style of Glee. So she's going <laughs> to, so it'll be pretty awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Don't you feel like Glee has gone downhill this season? You know, I haven't watched it. I can't say the only time I ever saw Glee yeah, was on an airplane. I, just, I saw it once that, on an yeah. airplane uh, on, the, on my way back from the UK. I watched it because uh, I had the only episode of Glee that I've watched is the one with uh, Britney Spears in it. And I watched that repeatedly. <laughs> just but, hit rewind and then play again. Yeah. Cause that was full of lots of nice um, dance moves. <laughs> oh, this is why and outfits. This is why women did not send. And this me. is why women did not send <laughs> PHP. Because, because I'm a misogynist they... asshole. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right, Ed. Super gross, dude. In fact, I'm gonna get. A, uh, I'm gonna see true. if I can get a chicks suck T-shirt when I uh, when I present. <laughs> I'll get one printed for you. That would that be is, awesome. That is just great. <laughs> With the clown wig on, it should make sure there's oh, yeah. never a second edition of the conference. Well, make sure you give out some of those Grace Hopper rape whistles. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe we'll get to that later. That's all. Yeah, we, are, we are not giving those out of Code Connects, just FYI. We're not going to oh, do good. it. Oh, good. You don't give about you. You're going to need this here. Just, just go ahead. Just have this. What? Just in case. Like, they give it out like you're probably going to Oh, oh, this, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, what? <laughs> anyway. Um, what? People might get brushes, though. I don't know. Yeah, I would. I would like. A, that's like when you maybe they were going to take pictures, like you know when you had <laughs> you have school pictures and they would give everybody a comb, a plastic comb. Those black ones, yeah. Yeah, and they were like really sharp, like like the teeth were way too sharp. It's yeah, because they would they're dig combs, into your. Ed. Oh. <laughs> they just gave it to you. <laughs> I, I got those special. Like someone tell Frank Finkler needs one of these. Get the right now. <laughs> I remember carrying my, my comb in my back pocket. That was where you carried it. That was cool. That was you Arthur hot. Fonzarelli? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
she just Maybe. hit the jukebox and it would start playing. That's right. I can just hear Liz totally saying, come into my office, and then walk away. <laughs> and it's the I bathroom. Totally that's see that. They could not have a show like that anymore. We're coming to his office and it's the bathroom, it's the men's room. Yeah. That wouldn't fly now. That's uh that's some like politician stopping at an airport bathroom <laughs> kind of situation there. Well, now that we've destroyed that. Um so this is November eighth and ninth. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should come. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, we're doing the duck pin bowling with GitHub as a social, so Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, like, who, who are some of the sponsors you've got lined up so far? Oh, Twilio is awesome. They are one yes. of our sponsors. And they've actually, um, they sprung for a scholarship sponsor as well as being a regular sponsor. So that means one of our European members who has never been to the States before can now come over. We've, I've never, I, yes, I have met her in person. I take that back. Um, yep. But she's never been to the States before. She, um, she's going to be able to come now. So it's really, really exciting for all of us, all people involved. And she's a really um, hard worker in PH Women. She's, she does a lot for us. So it's, it's exciting to be able to offer her that opportunity, kind of give a little payback to her for all of her hard work. Yeah, sure. Now, is she excited about coming to the Oh, the yeah, free? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Is she, she's going to, like, taste her first hamburger <laughs> and, like, buy a pair of blue jeans. I'm sure probably jeans will be bought at some point. Okay. That's what right. it seems like all the Europeans get. Like, is that right? Bags. I they was just making bags. a joke. I just remember, no, I remember Helgi and Scott just loading up on the jeans when they came. <laughs> I no, totally Ed, this is just amazes me how you can act like such a dick and it always works out for you. I don't know how you do it. I don't get it. It all just comes together. That's, you know. God. That's why I just make proposals for talks and I'm like, it'll just come together. It'll work out. Whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's fine. Don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, so you're not coming though, Chris, are you? Because you'll be busy uh, getting. No, your conference is like the week before. It is, and then I have to go for uh, gender reassignment surgery in Sweden. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, you're going to Sweden. Yes. Now, remind me a little bit about the Swedish thing. Just uh, it's, it's going to be a I'm speaking at Oradev, which is a big, humongous. Uh, web and mobile development conference. It, appear, sure that's what it appears to me to be massive. There's like six tracks. Wow. Uh, that, and so, and it's actually a week long. The first two days are tutorials days. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so that's Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday through Friday is um, sessions from nine till five. Um, and of, and of the 789 presentations being given, there is exactly one covering PHP and that is mine. Okay. Boom. Boom. That's all they need is just you. Just so need- you're going to talk about everything P- that PHP compass encompasses in that one talk. No, yeah. actually I'm giving my, uh, I'm giving my building testable uh, apps, except it's called uh, testing online. Crazy glue is what the talk is called. So they don't know it's a PHP talk is what you're <laughs> Oh, they know it's in the notes. And I remember, uh, I remember saying, why the hell did I get picked? And the people from Oradif came on Twitter and they're like, bro, cause we know you're going to be awesome. So I was like, well, that's right. I was like, all so, right, well, I'm coming then. Or a dev. Are you sure this isn't like a dental conference? <laughs> ah, fuck you, Ed. O R E D E V dot O R G. Well, so it's like a mining conference. Or <laughs> nice, nice, well played, sir. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I'll be here all night. Um. So, yeah, so you got that going on. Is this the first time you've been to Sweden? It is. Or and will probably, be, I and guess. It probably will be the only time I ever go to Sweden. You think you won't be allowed back into the country? Uh, I just look at it in terms of, like, once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. That's why, I mean, I'll also be going there to do some touristy stuff because the, the town where it's being held is right on the Sweden-Denmark border. And it's like nice. a, like a half-hour train ride to Copenhagen. So... Um, I'm pretty sure I will be um, doing some touristy stuff. And the thing is, at least, at least I know I actually do know some of the people who are going to, who are going to be presenting there. So it's not like I'll be totally on my own and just kind of moping in my hotel room because I don't know what to do while I'm there. So, um, like I usually so, do. Yeah, go ahead, Liz. Oh no, I was just going to say. So you're you're taking extra time before or after the conference? 
Well, more like during, because I mean, I'm going. I mean, I'm. The thing is, like all week long, right? So I got to fly. I'm flying out on Sunday, so Sunday's kind of uh, a wash. Monday will be kind of like adjusting to the time lag thing, because that's like at least six hours difference in time zones. Yeah. So I'll probably be feeling kind of weird. So by by Tuesday, I'll be good to go. I give my talk on Wednesday, so I'll be able to do like Thursday, Friday. Um, I'm still there Saturday, and I fly back on Sunday. So um, chances are I will have some time uh, to go. Nice. And and there are several people who have promised to take good care of me when I go there. So I'm sure I will um, I will have some interesting stories to to tell when I get back. Awesome. It's going to be like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You know what they call Big? You know what they call Big Max? Right? Royales with cheese. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So if you get that, it's going to come with like cod on it or something. <laughs> Salted cod. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I'd like the so, fjord special when I'm there. No, wait, that yeah, would be if I was in That's, That would be if I was in Norway. So, Did I see that uh, Justin Searles is also presenting at that conference? Yes, he is. And I've said to him, you're Yay. not going to be so brave with your smart-ass remarks when I'm looming over you in person. So... Uh, <laughs> So yes, oh, Justin's so awesome. I love him. He's I like Justin awesome. too. So the people I know, Justin will be there. Um, um, Drew, oh, what the hell, Drew Neal, who does um, the Vimcasts stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be there. And I have actually, I did buy a Dead Tree version of his um, Vim Tips book. So apparently, it started shipping. So it looks like I will be getting my copy before I have to go. So I will get him to um, sign my copy of it. And an old friend of mine from. Um, the, my cake PHP days, Felix Geistendorfer, who's now like a, a oh, yeah. big shit in um, the Node world, the Node, yeah, um, is going to be there as well. Yeah, right. Yep. Felix is awesome. I just stalk, I stalk him on Twitter, but I don't think I've ever met him in person. Oh, you'd be uh, all over him like white on rice, Liz. If what, is, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means he's a, two, he's a Teutonic god. Imagine jo- Joel Paris, but German. I mean, that's what he's like. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, except he's actually taller and more buff. So more buff? Oh. That dude can squat like four hundred pounds. Man. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a humongous man crush on Felix, so it will be good to see him again. Fair enough. Yay. Well, you got you got something to look forward to then. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, fair enough. Um, so let's see what else is on our list here. Um. We want to. You've been doing some JavaScript testing stuff. I have. I know week. the world's coming to an end. There's some frozen pigs flying out there now that I'm actually doing some um, JavaScript stuff. Um, so yeah. So for work at uh, the mighty mighty Cinecore, um, we have lots of JavaScript and we use QUnit uh, for right. JavaScript tests. And I actually um, rejected someone's code review today because they had no tests for their code and they cursed my name in the uh, developer channel and that's how i knew um i was on the right track nice and um so one of the things i had to do as part of this was um was yeah we use QUnit, and i've been investigating uh, uh as i as i learning more javascript and i'm using node uh that i want to be able to write tests for it so i'm so basically it seems like the common thing for doing the test stuff is the the JavaScript developers seem to like the behavioral driven stuff more than unit tests, which which right. allows them to get away with not having to mock things. Um, they can actually just check the behavior of their apps. So uh, there seem to be a couple of different tools that people are using. Um, Jasmine is one that I'm using. People have recommended one called Chai, C-H-A-I. Um, and Mocha is another one that people are using to test JavaScript stuff if you want to use the behavioral-driven stuff. So being, it helps that I'm kind of familiar with BDD a little bit, that it's kind of a lot easier to get into um, the testing of stuff. So that along with using a tool, uh, a library called Sinon, S-I-N-O-N, that allows me to uh, be all excited about actually being able to mock um, methods and objects. Uh, so I can do my tests up in the proper style. So um, it's been kind of interesting. I, I really have found that if I, I have found that if you have testing experience with tools in one language, they carry over pretty easily into other ones. It, it took me less than an afternoon, base, less than an afternoon from start to finish, to figure out QUnit and figure out how to use sign on and how to mock things, and then the proper kind of testing patterns when you're using those specific tools. Because really, there are kind of patterns to test things, right? Um, 
Is this something that you think you might add to your cool uh, testable applications book? Uh, I mean, I, I would say at this point, it is something to definitely think about. I just don't know enough JavaScript yet to be confident that I could write a book that covers enough of that stuff. But yeah, I, right. could, I could definitely see, um, I could definitely see doing a small kind of info product ebook thing about um, testing in JavaScript, but nothing as comprehensive, comprehensive as what I'm planning with PHP, just simply because I know right. PHP a lot better. Uh, I will say also that in order to be an effective tester, um, you have to know the language. So somebody asked me before on uh, Twitter, no, no, I actually I did an interview because I can kind of segue into this if we have time. Um, I recently licensed my um, testable uh, PHP apps book to the awesome folks at NetTutes, N-E-T-T-U-S. Um, you guys are probably familiar with them at all. A little bit NetTutes Plus. Do you guys know those guys at all? I do. I always call it NetTutes. Or NetTutes. NetTutes. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe it's the well, Canadian, I, I, it's I a, it's the Canadian wrong, pronunciation so. of it, I guess. That's so right. Net, so so right. NetTutes. No do to boot it, right? Net toots. So, um, so yeah, they approached me that they wanted to license my book to give to all their students. So I was like, hell yeah, where do I sign? So um, we That's signed the paperwork awesome. and the money showed up in my PayPal account. And I'm very happy about that. So, and there so it will stay <laughs> until, until forever because PayPal won't. Oh no! I already, I already took the money out and it showed up. So <laughs> Thank God! So good, yeah. you got past that three days and you're yeah, 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 yeah. So they already got they already got their money out of it. Um, so one, so they also interviewed me uh, about it as well via email interview. I'm sure that's going to show up online pretty soon. So one of the things they asked me was that: Do I think that you could teach um, beginning programmers test, uh, you know, good testing practices at the same time um, that they're learning programming? And so what I said, I'll, I'll kind of, I can go into it a little bit more here than I did in the interview because that's more just a quick hit thing. I said, I think you can, but I don't think PHP is the right language to test that. Right. I think the reason why is that PHP doesn't have a good, um, doesn't have a good uh, interactive uh, environment for doing code stuff. Not a good REPL. Um, JavaScript, uh, Python and Ruby are awesome for that. JavaScript, uh, not as awesome, but still good. But I don't, I mean, I just don't see, I just don't see a lot of, a lot of people being willing to use um, an interactive environment for PHP like they are willing to do, especially in Ruby, where Ruby is probably the most popular dynamic scripting language that uses one of these things. So, I mean, I said, yeah, you could probably teach them, but I wouldn't teach them with PHP. I'd teach them with something else. Yeah. You know, though, if you're if you're teaching a student, though, that doesn't really have any preconceived notions about anything, like, I think you could you could do it. I, th- well, I don't know, because I really think that in order to figure out what tests you need to write, especially if you're doing unit test stuff where you have to kind of set up an environment and set a context for your code to run in, I think that there's some concepts that are pretty hard for a beginning programmer to understand. Yeah. Because you kind of have to know, like, to do good unit tests, you actually have, in PHP, you have to know PHP. And I, don't, and I think as a beginner, you would be missing out on a lot of stuff. On not, on not kind of understanding how to how to turn, I need to test the following thing. How I, I would be writing code to do that. I mean, that could is just it, be that could yeah. just be my opinion, but is what's there wrong? Any, <laughs> is there any kind of good REPL for PHP? Like, I I really like the one in Python, and there's a couple like there's the built-in one, and then there's a couple like even better ones like IPython and BPython. Yeah, I, and, I know lots of people say yeah. nice stuff about IPython. I have no idea if there's um if there's a decent REPL for PHP because those I I think REPLs work a lot better in languages that have saner library and module loading than PHP does. So well, I mean true. I think if you could combine one that would allow you to like use Composer plus auto loading or something like that, then maybe it would be easier. But I just I would uh, I would see that you would have to deal with the same bullshit about about require and require once and figuring out how to make it easy to just type import mo- import something.php and boom you could use it inside the REPL. If someone right. can if someone can come up with an easy way to handle that, okay, then I could start advocating kind of teaching TDD at the same time you're teaching somebody programming. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. That, that does, that is advantageous about the JS stuff. I'm not sure what kind of stack you guys are using at Cinecore, but mm-hmm. one of the things I think about with, um, cause I'm, I've been doing like the past few months, been doing a lot of 
stuff with Backbone and Require.js mm -hmm. for a module system, like yep. an AMD-style module system, I guess. And I wonder about, like, it's it's hard for me to um, to figure out exactly where, like, the testing would come into that that wasn't just, like, a full behavior-driven or really just, like, functional testing like you do with something like, uh, what is that stuff in the browser? Or just all. Uh, well, I was thinking about stuff that like uh, that like automates the browser. Oh, Selenium using Selenium. Yeah, using like something like yeah. Selenium or something of that nature. I mean, okay, I do know at Cinecore we use J we use jQuery, right? Uh, and I, I mean, I am pretty sure that we are using some kind of loader in the background. I just don't know what it is because I haven't delved into the JavaScript stuff too deep. Right. But I mean, I do have the advantage of there's like almost two thousand. Um, Q unit tests already in existence. Oh, that's um, nice because then you can just kind of add. Yeah, that and I can just kind of things. use what they have already right. and just right. right from there. So there is some stuff going on in the background. I do think we, from the stuff that I have seen, we are trying to stick to as vanilla JavaScript as we can, right? And not get too reliant on, um, not get too reliant on module learning stuff. I do know we do minification and some other stuff as well, but that's kind of pretty standard for people who are yep. doing any kind of uh, non-trivial JavaScript stuff. I don't know. I should probably find out some more info about that. But, but I do get your point. I mean, uh, like I said, I just found it kind of easier to approach writing tests in QUnit because I kind of already have that mindset of when I need to test something, I kind of start looking at the code from the unit and module level and say, okay, I want to test these this method that i wrote this other thing this other code that i extended and then right. go from there and say okay if i want to instantiate if i want to create if i want to create this thing for a test how do i do that what what options do we have available to us to allow me to create mocks of things so then i can mock out an actual third party api call and all these other things um right. uh, i know that a sign on has this cool thing called a spy which is a concept that doesn't that I don't see that exists in PHP unit for mocks. I'd be interested to see if anybody's tried to do it, where it's kind of halfway in between a real, uh, really, uh, really executing that code or just executing a mock. A spy is kind of like you can tell. I want to spy on this thing, and it'll be like we'll actually run it, but we'll trigger a, we'll trigger an event that lets you know that it actually got run. So if you're just verifying, trying to verify that particular piece of code got run, you don't have to mm -hmm. mock it. You just throw a spy on it and you can say, let me know when, when this object gets, when this method of this object gets executed. So then you can just do a test and say, you just, in your test, you assert, did this method get run? And that's all you have to do. Right. So it, I, it, I've it, heard it, good things about sign on just in general for stuff. So like you, you can, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Sorry. It's uh that it lets you do stuff like fake out things like uh, the XHR object and like a lot of server side stuff. Like you can fake server responses and stuff with it um, and things like that. That is a pain that if you, that's one of the reasons that you know, pushes people to going into putting a browser in their testing stack, because it's basically, you have this big heavy reliance on that and, what, how do I really test stuff without that? And it, it, it apparently does a really good job. Oh, sign on. I know. Sign on's awesome. Yeah. I was, uh, I've heard good things about it from other guys at work. So yes. Yeah. You know, you missed it, Liz. When, uh, when Ed told me that we were recording tonight, I said to him, I said, to him, it's a good thing. I wasn't doing anything important. I said, I was just learning to write JavaScript better than you by doing tests. Right. See, there you go. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Very good. So, I think the only other thing I was where I, I thought of talking about a little bit was uh, which isn't really developed. Well, it's kind of developer related, I guess. But um, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Uh, but I didn't pay my uh, troll fee to uh, to get a developer account. I only paid the thirty five dollars to get a, a regular talking account on App dot net. And also, can I just the first thing is that this seems like the worst domain ever for what it is. Can we just agree on that? That like that it doesn't tell you anything about what it it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Eh, it's just your classic startup pivot. I guess, but couldn't they have just bought another domain? Like what? Anything? Like not twitter.com? 
Uh, well, this, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be like an app store or something. Yeah, that is exactly what I thought it was. Gonna be. It's, it's, it, pay, pay tweet.com. I don't know. I guess there's lots of potential <laughs> domain yeah, names exactly. to go away with. Pay for the privilege of speaking. Not elite elite microblogging.com. <laughs> That's yeah, a pretty right. good one, too. Exactly. <laughs> I should have just called it Pounce 2. Oh, snap. <laughs> anyway, but I, uh, as a sucker, paid 35 not 50 but $35, because psychologically $35 was easy for me to deal with. I paid the 50 Yeah, I know. you got And you got extra time added on yes, sir. to your account, right? And, uh, I, so Chris, you and I have used it and, um, it's pretty much what you think it is, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Twitter for people who want to pay. And I have done neither of those things. Right. Um, because you hate freedom. I do hate freedom and I hate freedom of speech, especially. Right. Exactly. Um, but you know, that's, that's a year. You have to keep paying that every year. Yes. It's not free. Okay. Don't worry, it comes out of my engine yard money. I'm not worried. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's no, where that goes. No. Right. I'd oh, rather my. you bought beer or something. Come on. <laughs> that will definitely. I can't drink beer on my diet. Thanks for reminding me, Liz. Well, whatever it is you do drink. Is your it little the, your little umbrella drinks or whatever the hell you the drink? The tears of non-testers. That's what I drink. Does alcohol, <laughs> does alcohol have calories in it, or is it just the other stuff that's in there? What? Like, can you, just, I don't, you just drink? I don't count calories. What 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 century do you think this it's is? The gluten. Uh, are there carbohydrates in the in the uh, alcoholic drinks? Is that the problem? Some of them, yes. Okay, so you could drink something. Oh, I like, drink. I drink. Uh, I drink um, gin and tonic. So you could drink a gin and tonic and throw some Splenda in that. <laughs> Splenda, <laughs> Jesus, gross. Well, that would certainly cure me from ever drinking again if that was all See, I was able yeah, to drink. Right, it's like. So, I'm going to make you smoke this whole pack of cigarettes so you realize what it's like. I saw that episode of um, King of the Hill. Oh, did they do that? On where where uh, Bobby gets caught smoking and uh, good old good old Hank Hill makes him uh, smoke a whole carton and uh, Bobby actually likes it. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's how it is. That's how that works. Uh, so, you know, Indiana has like one of the highest smoking rates in the country. That doesn't shock me at all. I thought Kentucky did, too. I think Kentucky well, does, because they're a tobacco state. They North Carolina, you would think, should have the highest uh, per capita of smoking, because that is tobacco country. Well, we just grow corn here, but I think people are so depressed about their They lives. smoke so, the corn? I was just say, they're smoking yeah. corn? <laughs> yeah. No, no. They're, when they're, they're not smoking, smoking pole? They're smoking to What? They're smoking tobacco. You never heard that expression, smoking pole? Oh, I'm familiar with the expression. <laughs> I bet you are, Ed. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment because I think I know what that is, but I'm not sure. You think? Come on, girl. That'll be an um, uncomfortable session at True North PHP. This is, yeah, we're going to get in a lot of trouble. I no, think, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble, not you. I think the Ada Initiative is going to ask me not to do this, this <laughs> podcast anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Just blow your whistle right about now, Ed. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. So, well, I I totally forgot what we were talking app. about. Oh, app. App. Net. I don't know. It's it's nice. It's it's just different in the sense that it's you know there's people there and it's quieter and seems less douchey. But I I think that's a a product of the kind of people who are the kind of people who'd be interested in going to this site because they're sort of developer types and have are sort of. Uh, principal developer types i guess and you just end up with a group of people who i tend to associate with i guess and it's a small group so uh i guess that's cool right you know but i'm not i don't think it's some kind of magic because you pay 50 bucks it's like a suddenly a super awesome you know different kind of thing um but it's certainly a different kind of community at this point i I paid just i i decided it was worth 50 bucks uh, for a year to see what's going on, see if some, anything right. really kind of unique and interesting comes out of it. If I don't like it, I won't renew it. But I yeah. thought it was—I thought it was worth fifty bucks to find out. I have to admit that in all these cases, I think I—I I finally paid like a couple of days ago, just despite everything that the founders ever said about it. <laughs> I didn't like how it was, especially at first, how it was. Um, 
proposed, like how sort I guess how it was pitched. The pitch was terrible, I thought. They never just came out and said, this is a community uh, folks you would want to talk to. And they, they never talk about that. They use lots of like social streams and they used a lot of like techno jargon and stuff like that. Um, I felt like it was, it, the pitch was just terrible, I thought. And also, um, I wasn't the yeah. thrust of the whole thing too, is that we're, we want people to pay so that this, the microblogging service won't uh, end up just having ads forced down your throat like it like it's happening on Twitter because they, yeah be, uh, I mean we can go into a rant about this if you have time about my thoughts on Twitter if we want to go into it but we can finish no we don't want to do that we don't want to do that but um you just succinctly said what it was in like one hundred times less words than were used <laughs> to pitch it. And they put up like a like a ten minute video, and it was just like everything that happened. I I didn't like any part of it. Like it was like I this makes me not want to use it, really, because I just felt like all of this could have been said so much more succinctly, and it makes me suspicious of what's actually going on, right? You know, even yeah. though I so so that was that was really hard for me to kind of get past. So finally, thirty five bucks, like psychologically. I was like, okay, I can do that. I still haven't gotten over a hundred dollars to develop for it. And that sort of bothers me. I feel like I should at least be able to get like a test key that maybe only works with my account for free. So I can like mess with it. Yeah. But Ed, don't you, can't you look at that as sort of like, uh, um, a dipshit filter. So it, so here's the thing though. I'd say I do did the dipshit filter thing. The other thing though is, I think it is actively filtering out people who like to tinker with things because you're a lot less likely to tinker with stuff and play with stuff. Um, when you have to pay a hundred dollars to start tinkering. And so, okay. Then Ed, how is that, that any different from Apple charging a hundred bucks to let you build iPhone apps? Yeah. And I think that it's a terrible hacker and, hobbyist platform i think ios is a an awful platform for that i uh it is people are motivated to use it because it's so popular but one of the really 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 cool things about twitter in 2007 was that it had a completely open api and people could write all sorts of fun little things with it and i feel like catering to that a little bit is a good idea Maybe not leaving it completely open for anybody. That's why I'd say maybe you you allow people to make like a single token that is attached to their account that only only authenticates with their account, and then they can play with it and do stuff with it and things like that. But I don't think that impacts the um like the sort of the larger uh I guess app cult no, not culture the app uh whatever okay the, well, the, okay well know, look at this okay then look yeah. at it this way ed since we're going to talk about twitter let's look at this so so <laughs> how about this then so in 2007 yes twitter was awesome because open but look what happened everything that was good about twitter yeah. came from somebody else other than twitter who figured things out the retweets yeah. the uh use of the ampersand for replies all that stuff yeah. was done by somebody else and then how did twitter pay pay all the developers back who helped build up the whole Twitter ecosystem to get everybody to use it. They're basically fucking them all now, right? By closing everything off and bit by bit removing all the apps. And then pretty soon the only thing that's going to be left is that you're going to only be able to access Twitter from the web. And then you'll have ads and promoted garbage completely shoved down your throat, right? In the meanwhile, they've made all sorts of money off of other people uh, building things for them that they couldn't think of themselves. Why not? Why not make the problem is that Twitter has no way to make money. Has sorry, that's the wrong thing to say. They haven't. They can't figure out how to make any other money off of Twitter other than accepting advertising money. Yes. So well, I t- one could say the yeah. same. You know, Google is the same thing, right? Like they put ads, but they're they're non obtrusive, right? Who cares? Nobody pays attention to them anyway. They're, it's just like a part of the Google search results and no one has a problem with those and they're fine. So I don't, if Twitter keeps how they're, they're currently doing with the occasional promoted tweet and you know, the occasional little trending promoted thing, who gives a shit? I don't care. Yeah. I think, uh, 
I, it's it isn't it isn't. I mean, I think so. I I think that Twitter's a little different than Google in that their concern was that I think their concern was not little hobbyist developers. I think their concern was with folks like TweetDeck, which they bought. That's how they dealt with those guys, and with um, um, Uber Twitter. Uh, which was for a while, you know, I ran some, I ran some statistics stuff a couple of years ago on Twitter for like a year or so. And from what I could tell for people posting Uber Twitter, this Blackberry app was the most popular thing for people to post with, um, which I thought was interesting, like at least app other than the website. So now that has decreased. And, but I think that their intention was uh, to eliminate folks like that who had really major impacts on it. Um, and I think that's why they're still allowing clients to stick around, but uh, they don't only see one a threat. Well, yeah, because they're saying, well, essentially they're limiting you at like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand app keys. Um, and I remember the tweet by guys, and of course we all think because we're all because we're all friends with developers, and we only talk to developers. We all think that everybody uses Tweetbot or whatever, you know. Well, it turns out that like the Tweetbot guys were like, oh no, we're not, we're not in any danger of hitting that limit. Uh, but not true, though. Remember, they were doing the tw- tw- uh, um, uh, Tweetbot was trying to do a Mac desktop client, and they started to do it and then realized, crap, if all the people are going to download this thing that have said that they would by showing interest, we're going to run through all our available users just as part of the testing process. That is not what I remember reading, but mm. I could be wrong. Well, I could, that's, absolutely. I could that's my wrong. recollection of about why they pulled it. Okay, so... That was not the impression I had. Um, but if we're still talking about numbers on the level of like a few hundred thousand users, and we're talking about millions and millions and millions of accounts that they're dealing with on a higher level. And that's the kind of numbers that they're worried about. My point is, though, with AppNet, is this, that I don't think it needs to be a an either-or case where you've got everything that you have to pay for access to anything or you have to go to the Twitter side. I think that you can make small uh, tweaks to the model to allow people to play with the API and hobbyists to toy with the API, but when they are interested in opening it up further to larger numbers of users, um, and in that case, what you're talking about is authenticating with multiple accounts against the same application with the same app keys. Then you have to pay for access. Um, I would say it's kind of like uh, you can you can actually actually on iOS you can download and run it on the simul you can download the SDK and run it on the simulator. Is that the case without actually without paying the fee to get to actually get into the app store is that correct i have no idea i think that's the case so somebody can correct me if i'm wrong anyway i guess i'd say it was kind of similar in that sense that i and i think there have been lots of other models where i you know i i guess i just really feel like especially the kind of people who are really motivated to join app.net and pay money to access it as a user a lot of those folks are tor- sort of more technically minded and are folks who would want to play with the API. And I, I guess I feel like it shouldn't be so restricted for those folks. I think that they should at least have an opportunity to not... It, there, I think there's a big difference between writing a shell script that pulls down some stuff for yourself or like make, writing a little bot you know, that does something that's tied to one account or uh, writing something that's like an end user client. I have no doubt that if AppNet gets more popular, they're going to change all that stuff. They'll drop prices down. They'll right. give they'll give hobbyist levels of access, um, rate limiting. They'll make, they'll make good money by charging for access to the API. I mean, in my opinion, that's what Twitter should be doing. Charge people for access to the API beyond a really small, low level, uh, you know, a low rate. Let hobbyists right. tinker. Give give them a sandbox to do stuff in that's rate limited and all those other things. And then you will get that. You will get awesome applications coming out of using Twitter. 
But it, right. but if people want to if people want to build a business around using the Twitter stream, then they should treat it like a business and pay for access. And I figure that's uh, in, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, that's probably what will happen to AppNet. They will charge for business related access to the API. Mm-hmm. And hobbyist level, eventually they'll they'll give them some way to access it for free at an extremely low rate or whatever. Because you're right, you can't build any kind of interesting. You have to let people experiment. I'm I'm not I'm not saying everyone yeah. should pay. I'm just saying I was willing to pay because I wanted to see what could happen. And for me, fifty bucks. Um, I know I'm going to sound like a douche, bro. Fifty bucks was nothing, bro. It's absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's my Red Bull budget for the week, bro. I can actually absolutely (laughs) just toss it away uh, from for a year for year long access to uh, what could prove to be an interesting tool. Well, I think, you know, it's funny that like, what's the big difference between $50 and $35? To me, it was just a psychological thing. I mean, realistically, it was not a huge deal, but it was just psychologically, I could deal better with that. Right. And uh, so I, I hope that you're right. I would like to play around more with it, but that it, that's just something that sort of is, uh, that sort of, uh, bagging me a little bit. Now, Liz, why don't you have an account yet? Uh, I already have too much stuff, you know, like I right. can't even, I don't have Facebook cause that's just, I'm just sick of it. I don't have it. Right. Uh, Google plus I had, you know, we all have for like five minutes. Maybe some people still do. I don't. I mean, I guess I do by default because I have a Google account, but yeah. uh, I don't look at that. And, and, you know, I just, it kind of just made me a little, uh, sad and I know, sorry, I don't, I hope I'm not offending anybody who actually has this. Cause I know a lot of people do, but it we just don't made me worry a little about sad. offending people here. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Well, clearly you don't yet. Come on. We're talking uh, about so rape whistle jokes on the show. <laughs> You're worried about offending people. Yeah. Clearly you have not been listening. Well, to yeah, I know. I know. Uh, no, because I, I tweeted something about, hey, how about uh, instead of paying 50 bucks to join yet another social network that you give that to charity? You know, and I got some flack for that. People were like, hey, you know, I, I earn my money. I could do it whatever I want. You're, you shouldn't judge. And I'm not judging. I'm just saying, you know, what if that what would that be like? Like, what kind of world would we live in if we all kind of thought that way? Not that that's right. superior to anything, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I, I, I won't give them my $50 because I don't think it's a, it's not a piece of my life that i want to to pay attention to or to focus on with money is yeah, it, that makes sense that. does that make sense probably not yeah probably. no it makes a lot of sense i so what you're saying is you're a better person than us exactly that's what i'm saying <laughs> no <laughs> no i'm just uh yeah i mean it just to me was like you know twitter is enough for me and you know some people hate twitter just based on principle and that's totally mm-hmm. fine like i get it and you know some people are like well if it's a service i use what's wrong with paying for it and I, I get that too. I do, but I don't know. Just for me personally, it was like, yeah, my my money's better spent. Like there are a million better ways for me to spend that fifty bucks. It was oh, in my brain. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Why do you have to bring logic into this? <laughs> logic and morals. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm yep. just kidding. Perspective. I know, right? Yes. Fuck that. Who cares about that? Dumb. Um. Yeah. So. So that's my little soapbox. That was nice, huh? That's all right. <laughs> fair enough. Shut up and pay your thirty-five bucks. Yeah, just give it. Um, so I, uh, I think we got a good little episode here. I'm done. I wanted to stop talking now. Basically, ah, <laughs> oh, you're tired of us. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, hey, we should talk about our sponsor again. Engine hey. yard, 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 yard. Yes, Engine Yard, our awesome sponsor. Uh, and actually, you know, the sponsorship for this podcast couldn't have happened without Liz. So, Liz, we're oh, eternally yeah. grateful that someone actually throws us a little bit of money in exchange for us being able to talk about whatever the hell that we want. So, mm-hmm. I, no, I, you know, I, I honestly, I know you guys joke that I don't listen, but I really do listen. <laughs> I really do, and I think that what you guys do is awesome, and it's 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 interesting, and it's edgy, and it's like yeah, in your face, you know. I don't know. <laughs> That was pretty cool, huh? Um, so cool. I know, right? Because the PHP uh, community needs a needs more doses of in your face. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they totally do, right? PHP devs uh, need to get it more in the face. There we go. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> no, I just I think you guys are awesome, and what you do is great, and I'm I'm really really happy that Engineered is able to support these kinds of things because I think yeah. it's uh, you know you, you guys are just doing this on your free time, and I think that's great. So. And actually, you know what? I think I got it wrong. We're not episode 22. This is episode 21. I was going to mention that earlier. 21 Gun Salute. 
You said, oh man, all that double deuce joke. But yeah, all the double deuce joke is for nothing. Damn. You can make it again. No, it's uh, totally fine. We'll do it again because oh. no one remembers what we said in previous episodes anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. I even put the episode number in the notes. <laughs> yeah, this, so what you get, the first this, this is what you get for listening to me, Ed. I know. Oh, shit. I was just going with it. I was like, I don't know what he's saying, but it's all right. So totally yeah, I can watch him in live time, uh, real time, edited on the pirate pad. That's awesome. There you go. Right. So well, this uh, has yeah. been another episode of Development Hell. Episode 21, and as a little segue, the first album I ever bought as a kid was uh, ACDC's For Those About to Rock, We Salute You, and it has the lyric, 21 Gun Salute in it. How about that for an That's episode? That's a great nice. album. Oh, great album. I think I still have it somewhere here in my basement somewhere. Uh, so yeah, so this has been yet another exciting episode of the Development Hell podcast. Liz, thanks so much for coming on. It's We've been trying to welcome. get you to come on the show and talk to us for a little while. It's awesome that we were able to finally get some synergy Aww. and convergence so that we could get Yay, you on Yay, for the ecosystem. Yeah. Yes. So as always, you can find us online at uh, devhell.info. You can find us on iTunes. Please, 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 please go on to iTunes and rate us. The more people that rate us, the happier that we feel. Uh, you can find us on um, Twitter at uh, dev underscore hell. You can find me on Twitter as Grumpy Programmer without the U. You can find Ed on Twitter as Funkatron with the U. Thanks very much. And no, we will not be doing two episodes a week, but it was kind of cool that we were able to do this. So, th- And also thanks very much for the people who came out and hung out in IRC tonight Ooh. and listened to us, listened to us talk. So um, we're out of here. Good night, everybody. I got that.